It is my pleasure to introduce to you all the 20th men's basketball head coach at Duke University, John Shire. This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Don Hahn Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, 1 and 0 in the John Shire era. It was a sight to behold in Cameron Indoor Stadium when he walked out as the first head coach in 43 years. Uh, AC, what were your feelings when you, when you saw him on the sideline as the official, official head coach of the Blue Devils? It was, it was a weird energy, man, because it's, it's the first time in my life that someone else other than Kay has walked out. Obviously, there's been little small stints, Pete Cadet, Capel, Shire, but it was, it was very strange, man, to, to have, have the new head coach walking out and, it, and it's John Shire. But I mean, I, I don't know, man. He just, he, he looks the part and it, it's, you know, it's a Duke guy. It's not somebody from outside the family or whatever, not outside the brotherhood. So it's, it just, it felt, it felt right, but it just felt very different. It felt very different. Yeah. You know, 71, 44, you really can't ask for much more. And, and then obviously our predictions uh, last week, uh, certainly didn't uh, lend itself to a, a twenty-seven point really beatdown yeah. um, from start to from start to finish. Jack, you know what, what were your kind of initial reactions to what you saw on the floor? Mark Mitchell is way better than advertised. Like yeah. Ryan Young is the next Julie Okafor. <laughs> <No way. laughs> hey, you shoot a hundred percent from the field, only mm-hmm. using old man post moves. Mm-hmm wearing the number 15 and coming from your previous school in Chicago. Yeah. A lot of parallels. The similarities are endless. <laughs> a lot of parallels. If you can only count to three. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if you're at the YMCA, you want someone exactly like that on your squad and you hate playing against them. You got those moving screens. The guy, you can't slot a dollar bill under his foot, but he makes everything around the rim. Uh, joking aside, I, I, you know, I was high on Ryan Young, but that was an excellent performance and we can, you know, it's 32 minutes and he's not going to do, you know, 32 minutes a night, but mm-hmm. having that luxury AC, I know that you had your reservations and you've, you've already kind of squashed those, but even with Mitchell though, uh, where are you on Mitchell now? Is it a uh, one shot wonder there? Or where are you you got at? something to say? No, I'm apologizing. <laughs> I'm, I'm in public right now. Apologizing to, to Mark Mitchell. Good. To, to everyone else. I am very sorry. For doubting this man and what he was going to do, he is he looks every bit the part of a one and done. He looks every bit the part of someone who can help a team advance deep into the tournament. I mean, he he just he just looks very special. Like and and but he does exactly what he's supposed to do, right? Like he's not out there doing things he doesn't know he can't do. Like he's not trying to shoot threes. He's not he's not trying to set people up. Like he, he's he's just he's playing ball, man. <laughs> it's it's really nice. Like. One, one one gripe, the only gripe I had with Mark, and it's not even his fault, was the announced staff continuously comparing him to Stacey Ogman, which is just not fair. Just don't do that, please. That's not it's not a fair ceiling to put on this kid. However, he's amazing. I love what he's going to do for the team. He is going to fit right in as a third option. So kudos and hats off to Mark Mitchell. Yeah, if you were, you know, on the local street corner with your I'm sorry, Mark Mitchell. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Um, so 
Let's talk about the team overall. Uh, obviously, coming out of the gates with that first play of the game, the alley-oop from Proctor to Mitchell. I mean, nice way to start your season. Nice way to start your coaching career. Uh, nice way to start your playing career for those two guys. Uh, overall, though, uh, defensively, I, I was very impressed with this team. Um, the way they, they, you know, the the ball pressure, to me, spoke volumes. Uh, you know, over the last few years, you definitely hear a lot of Duke fans talking about they didn't love uh, the the old school picking up you know all the way out to the to the top of the uh, top of the uh, half court line in, in the half court defense. You'd like to see them maybe settle back a little bit, but I, I love the pressure defense. I thought the help was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, what did you see defensively from Duke, and, and maybe some improvements there that that you'd like to see them make? Well, I'm I'm just going to focus on the improvements because I think you guys covered covered what was really great about the defense i think that the interior was awful and uh it showed a few times i think that the addition of lively will be instrumental to that because let's be and real reeves. and reeves who is not red shirting i will say that i heard yep. he's not yeah. red shirting even though he still could red shirt um i think reeves on occasion and because I, I really don't know how often he'll play. Mm-hmm. And Lively immediately will be huge help to that interior defense because Ryan Young can't defend on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Flip kind of can. He looks less lost than I thought he would on the perimeter, so I, I'm not going to say I'm mad at putting him at the four. But the addition of Lively will be huge for that because it's going to allow it's going to allow for the guys to not necessarily be worried about letting the guy get by them and and going back to mark mitchell too like mark mitchell's gonna play the four some this year he and, is and I, I i don't know that flip is gonna start he might start a few more games but I'm, i don't know how much more he's gonna start once lively is back in because well, I, think, I think that right now it's whitehead is the one who's gonna yeah. come in flip's gonna be on the bench once that happens right 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 yeah so i i, I agree i think flip will start but and then when the reek comes in then he'll he'll move to the bench more than likely but like you're saying, that interior defense, man, has, it has to be cleaned up. It looked, it looked very much like Duke's defense. That's that's what I'm saying. It's so weird. Like it, it this, it almost looked like John Shire was just filling in for Keg <laughs> with a lot of the things they were doing on defense, at least because on that side of the ball, a lot of switching, a lot of changing up matchups. You had uh, you had Tyrese on uh, Nolan, Kevion Nolan for for Jacksonville, who's one of their main perimeter players. We held him the one one of nine for shooting. Uh, he's a great player. He's going to average somewhere around 18, probably 20 points a game for them this season, just like he did last year. Held him the one of nine between Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell looked the best on him, by the way. Perimeter defense, his perimeter defense was outstanding. Uh, Jeremy looked pretty good on him, as did Therese Proctor. So we're going to be able to switch a lot of matchups this year with the guards, but those bigs are going to have to be able to clean up and they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble. And I just see that being a bugaboo on this team this year. The one thing that I kind of point to is the pick and roll defense. Uh, they definitely got to clean that up. Uh, I thought individually, uh, our man was great. Um, and, and there was some nice help side, but I thought pick and roll defense in AC was something that, that needs to be kind of figured out, especially as we had the Kansas and then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the bigger PK 80, um, you know, matchups that we'll have there. And with, with young players, that's always a problem. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why, I might not have cited it directly, but that's one of the reasons why I always felt this team was going to start slow 
because our, our perimeter defense, even though we have Derek Lively, even though Christian Reeves is going to play seemingly unless Duke can manufacture some kind of an injury and, and take take advantage of the medical redshirt rule. Um, we're, we're, we have two really good post defenders. However, they're both young and they are both possibly foul prone type guys. And teams are going to take advantage of that, man. And so that's why somebody like Mark Mitchell is very important. That's why Flip learning how to play that help defense off the pick and roll or help defense off the slide, help defense off the kick out is going to be very important. So I, I do want to see that continue to be cleaned up. However, Flip, Flip is doing a great job rebounding. Ryan Young was doing a really good job rebounding. And Mark Mitchell was doing a great job rebounding. So I think this Duke team is actually going to be a really good rebounding team, which if, for Duke teams in the past, that's hit or miss. Jack, 19 assists on 27 made field goals. You know, John Shire talked about the ball movement and, and wanting to lead the country in, in three-pointers made and assists, something that we've talked about quite a bit. He's talked about it quite a bit. What did you like about the ball movement on offense from, from Duke in game one? Well, it wasn't just isolate and give the ball to the best guy because yeah. there is no best guy. Mm-hmm. There's no guy. There's no Paulo. There's no Zion. There's no Matt Hurt. There's no Vernon Carey or Trey Jones. Well, there's a Jeremy Roach, but that's a different thing. Um, Also, before I get even further into that, I want to say Flip's rebounding looked phenomenal, and I think Mm -hmm. that's going to keep him out on the court a little bit more than a lot of people expected this year. Yeah, I think so. Back to the ball movement, though. It was just incredible. They kept moving the ball. They were dribbling a little bit, but it looked very – it reminded me of Bellarmine. Ooh, and the, the offense they run. Yeah. But they, they run a beautiful. Killer. Shout out to them. That's the best team in the world. That's true. That's true. They, uh, they run a beautiful offense, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You might not like it. They dribble maybe two or three total dribbles per offensive possession after they get the ball into the half court. And Duke kind of reminded me a little bit of that with all their passing and mm-hmm. so little movement with the ball in the hand, just finding an open shot or a driving lane. Doing everything be, they could. That's gonna be it was awesome. That's gonna be something to get used to this season too, because we really don't have we don't have many isolation players. Like even even Derek Whitehead, if you watched what he did in high school, he wasn't he wasn't a straight up isolation player. He worked well because he played with a team that a bunch of college prospects on the squad. He played with a really good team, so he played in a system where he received the ball in the second or third pass, received the ball from the weak side kick, all those things. So he's gonna get used to that. So he doesn't have to do. Apollo he doesn't have to do the Zion doesn't have to do the RJ nobody on this team is going to have to do that we have guys who are capable of it Jeremy's capable of it Derek is capable of it and so is Mark Mitchell it seems but it's not something that we have to rely on I don't think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see better competition better defenses and better schemes and see how we do with that but it really reminded me of early K I'm not saying I'm not comparing John to K I'm just saying with the amount of coaching that was happening with the amount of play calling that was happening it's what Kay had to do early in his career. It's what every coach has to do early in their career before they can just do the sit down and let the guys run. So, so John was really active with what he was doing, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this season. And he's got a great basketball mind, so I'm, I really don't have a problem with it, you know? Pretty much talked about after that game, after that win, was Jeremy Roach, 6-10 from the field, 4-7 from three, six rebounds, uh, four assists. You know, he kind of set the tone. He set the tone from the beginning. Obviously, Mark Mitchell uh, was doing his thing, but it was kind of early on, the Mark Mitchell and Jeremy Roach show. He didn't have uh, the quote-unquote greatest offseason in the exhibition matchups and uh, obviously the closed-door scrimmage against 
Houston, and then we come out him and out there, we watch him come out there and, you know, just kind of take over. And that's exactly what you're looking for. It's almost like he was kind of just letting it come to him and saying, okay, once the delays come on in the regular season, I'm going to show you why I'm making all these lists, why I'm, uh, you know, on top of all the, the preseason ACC uh, koozie awards and, and things like that. And it's for good reason. He took that young team, put him on his back, and and really led from the start to finish. I loved it, and I love Shire giving him the props first um, above anybody else. AC, can we expect that from Jeremy Roach going forward? I'd like to think so, especially him being a, a veteran guard and a lead guard of the way he is. I, I would like to think that I'd like to think that we can continue to get that type of leadership on the floor and and playmaking ability that he offers. And once again. It's something that is going to be more so of a crutch, I think, than something that's going to be necessary for us to win, which I that's what I like. I think I think it's going to take it, it appears it's going to take Tyrese Proctor a minute to to get his feet under him. OK, cool. Fine with it. He was still getting the ball. He was still one of our lead guards. He was still kind of our main point guard at times, which I'm fine with. I like that. So continue to just let him figure it out and make it work because he is going to be worth it by the end. And once again, something that we already cited, that's why this team's going to take a second to get started. However, like having somebody like Jeremy to rely on really awesome because he can get to the rim at will his shooting, the three point shooting was, was off the charts. I loved, I loved seeing the confidence in it and just the way his shot looked. It just, it was, it was better than they called it a continuation of what he did last year. It's not, it looked better. It, it looked more fluid. It looked more confident. So great hats off to our junior playing like a leader, playing like a team captain. And this is his team. You said it, TK throughout the off season. This is his team. Now it's up to Jeremy. Now. Back to the freshman uh, real quick, Jack, you mentioned it uh, early, but you know, 10 points, 12 rebounds, hit a couple of nice threes. He takes on a great shot flip. I thought, you know, Connie came out there a little bit nervous to be expected, but he really let the game come to him, settled in and did all the things um, that he needed to do while his shot's not falling. And I think that that is a testament to the maturity of his game and just kind of how comfortable he is uh, in his own skin. So uh, to me, Flip was probably the most pleasant surprise that I saw. I would have to agree. I mean, I didn't expect much. I expected maybe 8-5 and five and ended up with 10-12, and 12, a double-double in your debut playing basically just out of position at the four. That's not really what Flip is. I mean, he played that in high school because his brother's, uh, his twin brother's a little bit wider and more of a true traditional center, but he's he's a center in college, and the fact that he was able to do what he did and hold his own pretty well on the defensive end against a smaller team, that's impressive, especially, like I said, playing out of position. I want to kind of talk about the yards a little bit. Uh, big, big, big shout out to to Jalen Blake. I thought he played defensively really, really well. Um, he, you know, hit a couple threes. I thought his shot looked all right. Uh, it, his shot looked okay. Uh, he's made so many strides over the off season. Big kudos to him to to watch him lock up on defense. I think that he's going to have a an absolute role even when those other two come back. And then Grandison, like you know, the shot wasn't falling for him, but five rebounds, five assists, you see. You know, I feel like we got a good nine-man rotation when Lively and Whitehead do return. Yeah, is Jalen is, is Jalen Blake's? That's he's a thing, right? Like, can I get excited? He is I, a thing. He is. Yes. I'm the first guy. AC, I'm the first guy. You both know this that you know I don't get on board with the 
the gold wires and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. I, I just don't. I, it takes me a while. But I, when when you see something and you kind of know it, uh-huh. then then I can absolutely get on board with that. And I think that and I'm not going to expect him to come out there play 21 minutes, knock down two or three threes. Yeah. No, but I am I am going to expect him to play 10 to 15, sometimes 20 in different roles and play that lockdown defense and bring that energy. And I thought that's what he did. Yeah, like very much so to the point where you know, these seasons always have storylines. And like, what what is the storyline? Like, what is this? Ha- what is happening? I feel like Jalen Blake's is going to be a legitimate thing for this team. And I'm really happy about it. Like John wanted think- him. He he wanted him on the squad. He he wanted Kay to recruit him. He got him. He's on the team now, and he's using him. Kay was not going to use him. John is using him, and it's it's really cool to see, man. I think the storyline of four-star guard plays role expected of four-star guard isn't really a huge storyline, <laughs> but given right. how little he played last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just what Duke typically does, what they bring in. Like, the, they bring in the five stars. They bring in all these, you know, super recruits. So it's like he's the antithesis, antithesis of the super recruit. And it, it's that throwback that everybody wants to see, like, like anti what, what TK's talking about, which is the Goldwire guys. Like, it's it's the guy who's who's going through the process, the learning. Like you said, I don't think this is something we can expect from him all of the time. But we I think we can expect – him to be in the passing lanes, to him play play that dog defense he was playing, use his six ten wingspan to his advantage. I think we can expect that, right? I mean, I think that's exactly what you expect. But uh, you know, I, I think that watching him play the first game, he played like a veteran, and and that's a testament to, to his belief in himself. Because once you guys said it's not like he played a whole lot last year, and that's to be honest, I, I was understandable. Um, you know, with all the guys in front of him, mm-hmm. and he was trying to learn his way as well. But to come in there, do I expect them to do that every night? Of course not. But it's it's a nice little asset to have, and and you know, especially for a guy like Tyrese Proctor, who you know did look nervous out there and is trying to figure out his his footing. I think having that is is quite the luxury uh, for this team. Yeah, there's gonna be games where Tyrese looks like trash. Honestly, just quite quite frankly to say it, because there's a lot of times freshman point guards don't look good. And Jalen's going to come in in that game and and potentially save the day, right? Like that's 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 one of the storylines. Yeah, Jalen Blake saves the day. You know what I mean? That's why. But you know, speaking Jack of uh, five star recruits, uh, yesterday was the first day of signing day period. Caleb Foster, McCain, uh, uh, not sure when it's going to That's awesome to get those guys locked up. We believe uh, Mac will sign uh, early as well. Um, all indications, and I know the Twitter world out there is going to freak out that he didn't sign yesterday, but he will, um, so nothing to worry about there. But talk about that class a little bit, because, you know, it, it's more of an off-season thing that we talk about recruiting, but a huge thing for, for next year, obviously, is is these five guys. This is really a class that we believe is going to do big things for Duke, um, kind of starting right out of the gate for them. So talk about this recruiting class and 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 you know, what we can expect. Wait, real quick before Jack gets started. Caleb Foster didn't sign with Louisville? Is that what you're telling me? No, he, he, he did not. Or Louisville. Okay. Caleb Foster no, no, signed he, with Duke Nolan and Smith. they lost to Bellarmine on the same day. <laughs> Nolan Smith did not steal. Ah, go Cards! <laughs> oh, that's too funny, bro. Nolan wouldn't do that, man. Yeah. Whatever, he's playing for the enemy right Whatever, now. Yeah. He gets a smoke, too. He gets a smoke, too, for right now. Sorry, Nolan. Okay. So you got Stewart. We'll start with him. 
because he honestly has had the most eye-popping numbers to me. This is a guy who, I mean, he's been consistently in these uh, tournaments, AAU tournaments and stuff, putting up 20 and 10. He's a combo forward kind of guy. Could play the five if needed, but I, I kind of see him as like a tweener, three, four. Um, honestly don't know where he's going to play at Duke. It depends on who comes back next year. Is it fair to but say the Mark Mitchell role? I think that's possible. He's a better shooter, deal. though. He's definitely a much better shooter. Yes. He is a better shooter. I mean, after having seen Mark's jump shot. <laughs> two for five from three, all right? 40%. There's, they, don't, they don't draw pictures on the scorecard. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he, I think he probably will play that, that role that Mitchell played in that game against Jacksonville, like a ball hawk, a defensive, mm-hmm. kind of like a free safety defensively, if you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. going after the ball, able to like bang down low pause. Um, and you know, stay with the guy on the perimeter, getting the passing lanes here and there. And then he can get buckets. This guy can get buckets. He can get buckets in transition. He can get buckets down low. He's impressed me. I haven't seen super much tape, but everything I've seen, I've been impressed. He is he is probably the most active person in this class. And he has not let getting a Duke offer and everything else go to his head. Like this kid is working, man. Like he is working towards something. Like he I, I don't know if he's just telling himself in his head that he's still being slighted. Because he is, honestly. Uh, I, I don't know if he's if he's using that for motivation. I, I don't know what he's using for motivation or if that's just how he's wired. But this kid is motivated, and I don't think he's going to get to Duke and just stop that. You know what I mean? Like, he's that oh, type no. of guy. Like, he's going to want to prove it on the national stage at that point. Like, I mean, his activity on the defensive. Like, he's he is a shot blocker, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a shot blocker like he's somebody who's supposed to be seven foot. Like, that's what he does. It's It's wild, man. So very excited to see him on the defensive end let alone his offensive skills that he has not the world's greatest dribbler he's going to be kind of a spot shooter for us and such but god on the defensive end you can't keep him off the floor i mean he's also his family's close with grant hill and uh, the hill family so i'm sure that that grant's been in his ear making sure he knows that he can't just coast when he gets to duke Mm -hmm. and then okay let's look at our other few signees we've talked about power pretty recently i believe he's going to be playing two sports at duke not positive on that, but this is a guy who's ambidextrous. He can shoot the lights out. He can get to the hoop decently well. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that that ambidextrous uh, ability he has as a right-handed basketball player and a left-handed pitcher, I cannot stress that enough. That's going to be huge for him because you know you can kind of handle the ball with both hands. That's something that you don't necessarily expect. You can finish both uh, with your right and your left. There's a lot to that. I'm intrigued by that. I have, uh, I've been looking forward to watching his senior year tape mm-hmm. on in both sports. I'm I'm a big baseball guy as well, <laughs> so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I, I like TJ a lot. He reminds me of, and just the way he plays. He, he and like, not afraid to say it. He reminds me of Kyle Singler. I've said it before. I've said it on Twitter. He reminds me of Kyle Singler. The shot looks very similar. I put up side by side videos, basically of Singler's high school tape. And TJ Powers high school tape, and they look very similar. You put. T- I'm you amazed you could Powers. tell after seeing that singular tape. It looked <laughs> like it came straight off of a potato. Film films with a potato, bro. <laughs> but um, God, resolution evolution is amazing. But anyway, anyway. but yeah, bro. Like he, it just he, his toughness, the way he gets that mid range shot. He's still a good three point shooter as well. He's got deep range. 
He's and he plays he plays a little post. He plays a little bit down low, mixes it up. Like he's a tough kid. He's he's not. I don't. He's not going to be a two thousand point scorer at Duke. I just I don't think that's going to happen. Like Kyle, but just the way he plays the game is is pretty similar to me. And he's he's just a really good player. Plays at three levels and is going to be in that seven eight man rotation next year that that we'll need. I love that kid, man. I love the way he plays. It's a great pickup. Let's he talk about the, the the two yards, though. You know, McCain and mm-hmm. Foster. Uh, we believe that Foster is going to come in from day one and be that starting point guard and just kind of be handed the keys. What can we look for from from his ability to not only score the ball but get others involved? And this is a guy who's played at multiple different really high level high schools for basketball. Mm-hmm. He's played with a great talent. He played with Christian Reeves, mm-hmm. did he not? Yep, at Oak Hill. It was at Oak Hill last year. Yes, sir. So this is a guy who he's good. And he's he was playing with the best of them. He waited for that Duke offer. He committed not long after. He's been all in. He's mm-hmm. not going with Nolan. He's coming to Duke. <laughs> yeah, I can object. This is a guy who, again, he can put the ball in the hoop, but I'm excited personally about that playmaking, the ability to get the uh ball to other people in a good spot to get a bucket. Yeah. I think that playmaking is what's going to separate him. Mm-hmm. And he can um, get you 20 if he has to, too. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. I think defensively, he's going to have a little bit. There's, he's going to leave a little bit to be desired on the defensive end. I really do. But offensively, he's a talent. He uh, he, he goes through stretches, and he has in high school for forever. Even in AAU, he's gone through stretches where he goes through lulls at times. And then all of a sudden, he is super hot. I, I want to see that clean up. I want to see him more consistent in college. I don't know if that's going to happen in a year. I hope it does. Because he he's going to be the key to to this team being if if what we're saying about who's leaving is right he's going to be a key to the team that team being the team that's going to win a national title I think next season it's it's going to it's going to lie on Caleb Foster being a very consistent player and and I think he can be and and relying on the other weapons around him will be huge with that but he he's going to have to be consistent I, th- I think we might see a almost like a Tyrese Proctor type of season out of him where. There's going to be some ups and ups and downs, but the talent level is just so high. When it's good, it's really good. Let's finish it up with Jared McCain, um, a guy that obviously is the social media sensation, but <laughs> but really this kid can play. Yeah. This kid can play, can and I had my oh, doubts yeah. before. Uh, this kid can really play. He can shoot. He can drive. Every uh, AAU event that he's been to, he's he's racking up awards. He's going to be a fan favorite from day one here, and and. And uh, for for opposing fans, they're not going to like him very much. No, they are not. And it's going to be fun, actually, because I think don't we play? Don't we start our series with Arizona next season? The home and away we do? series. Yeah. And they have Kylan Boswell, who we also recruited, and we chose McCain over Boswell. And those two had a nice little rivalry going. They they don't like they don't like each other very much. So it's going to be a fun game. But no, McCain McCain the one of the things that stands out about him is his IQ. He knows where to be on the floor. He knows angles so well he knows how to position people on the floor to get him the ball and he's just such a knockdown shooter man like it, it, the kid's so good at basketball and, and like you said like he's gonna have eyeballs with that the whole tiktok thing so there's gonna be some duke fans that weren't duke fans before just because of jeremy game that's a pretty nice little hole yet again for john shire uh what do you got what do you got don't you dare leave out mac and Baco. i can't hey, i can't he's not he hasn't signed him yet he he yet. no he's gonna okay. get he's gonna get his also, own before we go to Mac, before we go to Mac, mm-hmm. I just want to say about Jared, I think he's going to be a multi-year guy. He, mm-hmm. I don't think he's one and done. I, don't I think this is this is a guy who's going to be at Duke two, three, maybe even four years. 
and he's going to bring a lot of attention to Duke from people who might not otherwise have interest in Duke, which, um, I mean, I don't know if you can bring more attention to Duke, it's Duke, <laughs> but still he's going to, he's going to get those, uh, those people who might not care about college basketball. Yeah. Six, Some six, four combo would... guards don't, they don't go high in the draft as often as they usually do, unless they're just extremely special. So I think you're right. I think he is a multi-year guy. Yeah. But he's going to bring attention to Duke from people maybe my age, a little younger mm-hmm. who don't care about college basketball that much. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he's just, he's talented. I am so. so excited for him to be on campus. I'm excited to see what kind of NIL, NIL dollars he makes. Yeah, he's going to make quite a bit. He's going to make quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's and that's and that's uh, that's a boon for Duke. Like that's that's a big deal between him, Shooter Brand, some of the other stuff that they have there. Like it's a big deal, man. Like he and Rachel are going to work very well together. But I am not letting you guys skip over Macambaco. No. Wait, I got one last here. thing to say. I got <laughs> one last thing about McCain. <laughs> Because of the platform he has, people are going to want to play with him. This is a great thing for uh-huh. recruiting down the line. Uh-huh. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. He's one of those one of those glue recruits that, like you're saying, guys are like, oh, I want to play with Jared. I want to play with Jared. Like I like I like that kid's personality. He's going to be somebody's host on an official, and they're going to be like, oh, you know, this this is where I want to be. That type of thing, man. You're exactly right. We're not skipping over Matt. Okay, fine. We'll he he has him signed. He has him signed, and maybe he just wants the spotlight for himself. He is the best player in this recruiting class. And so when he when he decides he's going to sign, then we're going to talk about him. He is that result Catholic. They traditionally, with their new coach, have a signing day where they sign all their D1 prospects and all their D2 prospects, right? and they do a big thing together, and that's going to happen on November 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so and, I, I will not stand for then, this Division Three disrespect. <laughs> We're not trying to disrespect anybody. He's going to have his own segment when he signs. We got a lot to talk about here, AC. And we talked about a lot of five stars. A lot of guys. We talked about about a lot of guys, AC. And so now we have to talk to guys who actually did go to Duke. And those are all the guys we have in the NBA. And I I, I just got to be honest here. I don't even know where we start. I don't even know where we start here with the guys in the NBA. Because, I mean, AJ just had 24. Sam Curry just lit it up. Um, and he's just coming back, you know, off of an injury. Paolo had 33 and 16. Jack, what am I missing? Because he's a hell of a lot. So on Monday of this past week, day before election day, every team in the league played, which means that most Duke players played. So I'm going to start by just going through some stat lines from that uh, that day. Jason Tatum had 39 points, three rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. RJ had 22, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. Brandon Ingram had 29.6 rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. Shot three of four from deep in his first game back from a concussion. Mm-hmm. Paulo had 30.6 rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Shot 50% from the field and from beyond the arc. Zion had 26 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists with two steals and a block. Shot 10 for 15, 2 for 3 from 3, and 4 for 6 from the line. So it's uh, 67% all around. Is there a scarier duo than Zion and Brandon Ingram right now? Like, those two are scary in the NBA. Like, that's sick between what Brandon does on the on the perimeter and what Zion does on the interior. Like, oh, my God. It's true. <laughs> that's very true. It's a very good question. Now, we'll go, we'll go to AJ, who, during that game, put up, during that Monday game, put up 24 points and four rebounds, shot 10 for 15 from the field in his first extended run in his NBA career. And now in that game, the defensive player of the game for the Hawks 
was Jalen Johnson. I know some of you guys don't don't love him. We just we hit, hit the, the over, over on mention. We, we hit, hit the over. over. But he had five points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block in that game. And AJ's offense and Jalen's defense really won that game for the Hawks. And it was against the Bucks. It was the Bucks' first loss of the season. So that's pretty impressive. Now we'll look at quick pivot to Gary Trent, who had 19 points, four assists, three steals, and a block in 32 minutes for the Raptors that Monday night. Now we'll look. uh, Seth Curry, he's been coming back from an injury. Um, You know, struggling a little bit. He had all of one point in that Monday game. It was his second game of the season. He went into the game last night against the Knicks, sorry, AC, averaging Uh, one half of a point per game (laughs) and three assists. Yep. So last night he goes in, he plays 23 minutes off the bench, scores 23 points, grabs three rebounds, dishes two assists, gets a steal, and shoots six of 11 from three. Thibodeau can't see anybody on the bench. That's what happens. Like, even if they're on the other team, he just can't see them. He doesn't know they even exist. So he doesn't defend them. That's that's how he does. RJ had 16. (laughs) I hate Thibodeau so much. <laughs> I know. And I hate Glenn Rivers. These things but happen. Mason Plumley get a reverse dunk. That's all I care about. He definitely has gotten one. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the highlight, <laughs> okay. but he's Mason Plumley. I don't know if he's capable of dunking did. with his head facing the basket. <laughs> you can assume that he did. Did y'all see the stat that Kentucky put out, by the way? The, the cherry, one? The cherry-picking stat that was like Kentucky has – the most players in the NBA this season to score like seven points or something. It was some stupid tweet online to try to just counter the tweet that Duke's uh, Duke, Duke's men basketball put out with that whole stat run of all the Duke players that scored over 20 points that the, that Monday night or whatever, or Tuesday night. And and mm-hmm. Kentucky put out some rebuttal tweet that was like, we had the most players that scored like seven points in the game. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Well, yeah, Wendell Carter, 15.7 rebounds and two assists on that Monday game. Mason had six points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and two steals. That Monday, seeing every single team play, I think, first off, it was a great idea by the league. Mm-hmm. Every game, the tip-offs were staggered by 15 minutes. Every game, you could watch through the NBA app for free. Mm-hmm. And we got to see so many Blue Devils ball out. I just... I think it was a great idea. Yep. And I'm every happy once with in a while, the NBA comes out with a good idea. With Adam Silver, man, like he's he's Duke alum. He's progressive, man. Duke alum. He's progressive. He he really is. He he knows how to make the NBA part of the news cycle for 365 days a year. He knows how to 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 keep <laughs> eyeballs on on the sport, good or bad. Good or bad. <laughs> I was gonna say, good or bad. The NBA's had a uh, a fair amount of. They've had a rough week. Bad things happening on the court. They've had a rough week. They've had a rough month, I should say. Month? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They they understand how to. You know they they understand how to to, to deal with that. Yep. Um. You yep. Know, they didn't allow really, MAU Doka to go to the Nets. They didn't allow that to happen. Yeah, so they have Jacques Vaughn, who's most famous <laughs> for going like over twenty one in an NBA game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he was they, also they, their interim coach when they fired uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Atkinson. This dude just loves to be, loves to be an interim coach for the Nets. 
Well, I think they just signed him. I think they just gave him like an extension. Like yeah, they three... took they mm-hmm. uh, they just made him the full time head coach. But this guy uh, yeah. literally has like been head coach or acting head coach of Brooklyn. I think three different times. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's getting a shot, man. Like they got to tell him to rise, whatever, him. man. Let him do his thing. Let's just keep playing Seth Curry. Press. It should be fun. Yeah, just keep playing Seth Curry. Or... Give yeah. Seth, give Seth his. Uh huh. All right, so we got we We're got a lot of guys. Back to Philly, please. <laughs> we got, you're gonna need him. Uh, we got a lot of guys um, in the NBA doing very well, so we'll keep you guys updated on that. Let's switch gears back to Duke, though, play. and talk about the season debut, career debut. Your guy, Jack, Derek Lively, is coming back. I don't believe that he'll. I don't believe that he'll start um, tomorrow night, but I do believe that he'll play. What do you think? Fifteen to twenty minutes mm-hmm. tomorrow night. It's and, reasonable. And, yeah, I think that that's kind of what the, I think they'll, they'll roll out the same starting lineup. That we saw, but let's focus on Lively. What are your expectations for him tomorrow night? I, I can't say that I have super high expectations. He's been out of practice for a couple of weeks. Oh, um, if he put up like seven and seven, I'd I'd say that that's a solid performance, maybe a block or two. But I think just letting him like ramp back up is the big thing, especially given that there's a much more important game coming up on the schedule. After SC Upstate, yeah, you see, I mean, you kind of feel that. I'm gonna call a big game from him. Oh, Upstate's really? got a big team. They're gonna they're gonna kind of push on the perimeter a little bit, and we'll get to their preview in a little bit. But I I I think he's gonna have I think he's gonna have one of those like double double games with with the possible very very close to approach a triple double. I think he's gonna have something like five or six blocks. He's gonna, and he's gonna, only, and he's gonna do that in about twenty minutes. Watch. The, he's gonna have a Sheldon Williams game in twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you? Can I ask you, AC uh, and Jack? I guess will he have more blocks than rebounds tomorrow? Because I can see him coming out and having three or four blocks, but away like a couple of rebounds. Maybe. I would say no, but yeah, I, th- I think he's gonna get plenty of rebounds. I'm saying he's not gonna shoot the ball well. He's I gonna, think he's, he's gonna might... grab a bunch of boards. <laughs> more blocks than points. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, okay. if I can see he doesn't that. get. Yeah, I can see that. But, but I can see some lobs. more blocks than rebounds. No. Yep. Honestly, I think that he's going to get a couple. There was a play, uh, AC, in the last game where Roach drives the drives the rack. Mm-hmm. Honestly, lays it up there for flip. Flip doesn't have those kind of bounces. Yep. Um, that same play going the line play that's a flush. It'll finish. Yep, and right. it'll, it'll finish for him. And I, I think that's where his points are going to come from all season anyway. And I think we're going to get a small preview of that. I think you're right. I think he's going to be on a minutes restriction because they want to see how he responds to the treatment and everything else after the game before Kansas. They're ready to roll him out against Kansas. And we call, I mean, can we say spoiler alert, bro? Because we called this, we talked about it. We said it all week on Twitter. We've been talking about it on the podcast since they announced he had an injury. We're like, he's going to come back before the Kansas game. We knew that. We said that. That's how it's going to happen. Duke's always done that. Get him back in one game before he gets in the high level game. So I really do. I think he's going to be on minutes restriction, but I don't think he's going to be on an activity restriction, if that makes sense. They're not going to say, uh, hey, Derek, don't go out there and run around. Like if they're going to play him, they're going to let him play. And I can absolutely, I guess a team like Upstate, they shouldn't give us any trouble. I can see him throwing shots into the stands, probably hit a three or two, get a couple of lobs. He's going to have a game where we're like, oh, my goodness, it's Derek Lively and everybody's going to freak out. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to be licking his chops here, too, after seeing what Flip and Ryan Young did, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Mark Mitchell, for that matter. He's going to be re- like he's gonna be ready to go, yeah. Jack. So I, I feel like he's going to come in with a lot of energy and, and want to kind of make his mark and be like, hey, don't forget about me. 
Oh, yeah, no, he's going to be huge, especially given the uh, lack of interior defense that we talked about earlier. I think I think on that side, he's going to be instrumental, not just for uh, the next few games, but for the whole season. I think on the offensive side, he's going to get some lobs. He's going to maybe get a couple of threes off. He does have a decent shot. I, I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. Um, I, I said a few times over the summer he has, like, AD potential. Mm-hmm. I think we might be able to see that, especially against a, a lower-level team yeah. like Upstate. They literally have no one who can defend him. No one. They don't have anybody who can defend him. They don't have a big body that can push him out. They don't have anybody seven two. They don't have anybody who can defend him. He is going to have a good game within a 15- to 20-minute span. It's going to be pretty special to watch, too. I can't wait. Like, you know, Therese Proctor is going to look better because of him. Tyrese Proctor is probably going to gain about four assists on what he's been putting out, his two assists a game that he's been putting out because of Derek Lively. I'm not even, I mean, it's funny, but it's not, I'm not joking about that. Like between lobs and like, there's some passes that Proctor has been throwing to Ryan Young that he doesn't get the assist for because Ryan Young gives you the, the, the three-step okey-doke and it doesn't count as an assist anymore. So <laughs> Lively's not exactly your, your run-of-the-mill YMCA guy. No, um, no, no. But you know, AC, you know, kind of like, you know, I made the point here about, about Mac, you know, we didn't include Lively in our stock projections mm-hmm. last week because he wasn't there. Now mm-hmm. he is here, mm-hmm. so he's going to get his own segment. Mm-hmm. And because Jack is our resident expert stockbroker here, mm-hmm. I'll start <laughs> with you, Jack. Where are we with the stock market for, for Lively? I still think a lot of people have him high because it's only been one game. Yeah, we, we didn't see him at Countdown or in the sequence scrimmage, but I feel like a lot of people are still very high on him. Do you hold with Lively right now, or are you saying, you know what, if you're ever going to buy, now is the time? I hold. I hold because I think his value, it's a question mark. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's There's a lot with Lively. I don't know what his fit is on this team necessarily. I don't know how his performance is going to go. If it dips a little, it's sure to go back up. So it's not like you're going to lose anything if you hold in the long run. I just, I don't think it's necessarily a time to buy or to sell because if you buy now, you're going to lose in the short term. If you sell now, you're going to lose in the long term. (laughs) You holding AC or are you buying? I think I'm going to have to go against the wolf this time, man. I I I think you can I think you can buy and I think this is the only time that you can buy <laughs> because I, I I just I just see this game being like a special maybe I'm setting myself up for failure or something but I, I just see this being a special 15 minute display of Derek Lively and I think we see a little bit more of it against Kansas who doesn't really have great post presence either and and then from there I think he starts to come back down to earth and that's where I think you start to see him settle into the offense and his role a little bit more. And then that stock starts to dip. So I, I think I think you can buy one more time. I think this is it. And then you sell after next week because it won't get any higher. Yeah, so I'm kind of the opposite. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Jack. He hasn't let me down so far. My portfolio looks good. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm gonna hold, and then I'm gonna scoop up and buy more stock shares after the Kansas game because I do think it'll take a little bit of a dip. And then that's when I'm gonna buy everything that I have uh, in into Lively. So let's talk about the game coming up tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., by the way, ACC Network. Um, and James, AC, this is your team, USC <laughs> Upstate, the Spartans. Um, you know a lot about this program. You've been oh, around man. them quite a bit. Uh, first of all, USC, is that is that South Carolina? Where yes, are these people located? South Carolina. <laughs> yes, <it is> South Carolina. <laughs> 
Look, the only like honestly, the only thing I know about South Carolina Upstate is that they have a bunch of transfers and freshmen. They're turning over a team that was fourth in their conference last year, which was their highest finish ever. They just they just came became a D one squad. Just I think within the, the last decade, and uh, Dave Dickerson is their head coach, which. You may or may not know who Dave Dickerson is. He's been in like a super assistant for years. Thad Mata's super assistant at Ohio State. And, and then he started coaching JM, JM, JMU, your squad, Jimmy JM, JMU. And then, and, yes, sir. And his actually his son plays on the team, Dave Dickerson the third. So whatever. But, but they're all going to have a bad day. Like they're, they're, they're going to have a nice payout. Thank you, Duke for giving us the payout to help our program grow. That's, that's kind of how that's going to be for them. Yeah, and and he can't argue that. Um, knowing everything that I do about the way he runs his programs, this should be a blowout for Duke. Uh, I'm gonna go with a whoosh. I think we're gonna go 93 to. I'm gonna stick with the 48. I'm gonna go 93 48. I think this is an absolute slaughter. Jack, do you have any prediction this week? Not for this game. Okay. I uh, <laughs> I don't like to predict the uh, the low major games because. Either Duke wins by 30 or Duke wins by 50. And I look stupid if I guess one and the other happens. You got to put yourself out there, Jack. Ah! And that's, that's kind of what happens. But we're going to let it slide. We're going to let it slide. Your, your stock prediction. I put so most good. of my focus into the, uh, the other game we're going to cover. That's how you become a stock guru. You don't you don't put yourself out there, you know. You stay behind the scenes. Let the others do it. Well, you know, that's, that's not true, though, AC. You know, in the Wolf of Wall Street, what he talks <laughs> about is you, you kind of dangle, yeah. like, the blue chips in front of him, and then you sell the dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's what USC Upstate is, the yep. Spartans. So uh, what's your uh, prediction here, AC? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go super bold with this one. I'm going to say Duke 85. I'm going to say Upstate 37. Okay. I love the defense. Yeah. More yeah, defense we're going to see defense this game, man. We will, be, we will be back, AC, before the Kansas game. We're going to wrap this oh, one up. Wait. And we got a lot to talk about for that Kansas game. Yep. Bill Self will not be there, but we will be. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the 5 Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's code Duke.